the other song at the end. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Well, the Lord put on my heart this, uh, this week uh, a message, and we have entitled it Crazy Faith. Yeah. Crazy Faith. You ever known anybody with crazy faith? Crazy faith. In other words, like, man, it seems like no matter what happens, they just are going to believe. I think I know what they're going to do. They're just going to believe. And, uh, you know, you know someone with crazy faith, uh, then you kind of get like, once you've known them for a while, you're kind of like, if you don't have crazy faith, you're like, you know, I cannot see any way that what they're saying is going to happen. But I kind of think it's going to happen because they're just that crazy. They have just that much crazy faith. Crazy faith. So I want to talk about crazy faith this morning. And uh, it's not literally uh, insane or crazy faith, but it is insane or crazy to the natural mind. Right? And it may be insane or crazy to the world because um, the Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of them that would believe. He blinds the minds of people who are not born again because if they were not blinded, even not being born again, they could see the good gospel plan, the goodness of the gospel, the plan of God. And so he blinds their minds because otherwise he would lose them. Right? And he, you know, Jesus said when an unclean spirit's gone out of a man, he um, walks through dry places and seeking rest and doesn't find it. And he says to himself, self, I'm going to go back to the house where I came out of. Must be that house isn't dry, right? He says if he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. In other words, all cleaned up, but nothing in its place, empty. Then he said, I'm going to get seven other spirits worse than myself and come back. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Well, Jesus is talking about when an when a evil spirit or an unclean spirit has gone out of a, uh, out of a person. And, but the principle of how the devil works is still the same. And so you see like uh, evil spirits and demons, uh, they have a desire to feed on beings. Even so much that when Jesus cast the devil out of that, uh, man, it was a legion, actually. It's thousands. One uh, uh, devil used the man's voice to speak, but the other was thousands of demons. They're like, please, 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 cast us into the pigs. Cast us into the pigs. And uh, so Jesus did, and when he cast them into the pigs, then they all ran off a steep cliff and drowned in the water. But uh, the devil is hungry, you could say, to manifest himself in human flesh. Uh, demons seek expression through human flesh, right? So the devil perverts everything that God does. God seeks expression in your flesh, but not through controlling you, actually through you yielding to him, right? And so um, we're going to pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. We're going to talk for, uh, you know... Uh, Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo, E.W. Kenyon said. Confession is the road over faith, which faith carries its mighty cargo. We're going to talk a little bit about confession this morning. But my first confession is we're going to be able to do a quick work in Jesus' name. All right, so I have to get my words out. Why would I think that I could do something that I haven't done if I don't first speak it? 
Thank you for that, Zach. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that you sent us your word, that we can read your words and not just receive them with our head, but we can actually let them be engrafted into our heart, that your spirit engrafts them into us, the engrafting of the word, which, is, which will save our souls, transform our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions. Thank you that you gave us your word, that your word has never lost its power, that your word has never lost and will never lose its life, that your words are full of your life, full of your nature. Hallelujah, that you and your word are one. And Father, we approach your word right now with great reverence and honor and expectation. Thank you, Father, that we should not live by every natural thing alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. And so we set our hearts right now. We open our hearts to receive your word that will never change, that's never corrupted, that's so full of life and power that it affects everything that we direct it to. We thank you that you, you're watching over your words to perform them. So, Father, we thank you right now, this morning, in every life, every need, that there'll be a performance of your words among us uh, and upon us. Hallelujah. And in our midst, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel, that's the good news, right? The good news, what is our gospel? About the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ himself. There was a man that God sent. His name was Jesus. He was born of a virgin. He was born of Mary, the virgin. He was not the seed of a man. He was the seed of the Spirit of God. Fully God, fully human. There's so much to that that I don't have time to go into. Fully God, fully man. God manifested in the flesh. God expressed in human form. But not just expressed in human form. When he came, he showed us what God is like. You know, man's trying to understand the God and trying to approach God, and man had great difficulty, and, you know, people, you know, the Hebrews uh, children would sometimes say, like, uh, can Moses please just talk to you, and then he talked to us, because uh, it's scary when we hear you speak. You know, he spoke in great thunders, right? And, um, and so, uh, side note, they actually got what they asked for. That's something to think about. You know, the spies, when they went out to spy out the promised land, uh, you know, the Lord said, I've given you the land. And so uh, they said, well, let's send out spies. So they sent out the spies, and 10 came with an evil report of doubt and unbelief, and two came with a good report of uh, we are well able to possess the land. And then, um, you know, they come back, and Joshua and Caleb are the two with the good report, great men of great faith with the spirit of faith. And uh, uh, the other people started clamoring and talking and saying, oh, my gosh, there's, oh, there's giants in the land. And, man, that, that land is just so abundant, so lush. I'm coming over here because I'm going to talk about the, the, the plants. Yeah. This is my fellow gardeners over here. I mean, like grape, grapes, that it took two men to just carry one cluster of grapes. I've never seen grapes like that yet. I'm excited to put my whole head in one of those grapes. <laughs> They're like it flows with milk and honey. It's a land of great abundance. 
Sure, you're right about that. But that's not what drew our attention. That's not what we focus on. That's not what we remember. What we remember was there's giants in that land. And we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And we think, you know, we feel like we're grasshoppers and we think they feel like we're grasshoppers. Maybe they said, hey, grasshopper. Yep. Are you just a little grasshopper? So they start whining and complaining and we're not going to do this and we should have just stayed in Egypt and we're all going to die out here in the desert because we're not able to do this. And Joshua and Caleb were so upset. You ever heard from God and everybody else says something different? But you're like, wait, wait. Like, because you know, like, you are cursing yourself by what you, your, what you are believing and speaking. You're cursing yourself. God didn't, Jesus didn't pay the price. For you to do that. You don't have to do that. In fact, he, we are well able to possess the land. So it says they tore their clothes. They said, wait, wait. It's still the people. Quiet down. Shut up. Listen. The Lord is with us. And if he is with us, we are well able to possess the land. Let us go right now and possess it. Right? But you know, every Joshua and Caleb got what they said, but they were delayed because of the people they were with. Forty years they were delayed. But so did the other ten spies and everyone they represented because the spies were actually leaders from every uh, one of the tribes. It was the leaders that were chosen from every one of the tribes. So your leader kind of makes a difference, right? And so what happened? Well, the other ten tribes, they all died in the wilderness. In fact, um, their children, I think it was, was it 18 or 20 years or younger, they didn't. But the older ones, they all died in the wilderness. They got exactly what they said. In fact... When the Lord was talking about it, he said, I'm going to deal with you. Uh, oh, I'm making it really hard for you. I apologize, Sean. Thank you for all your help. Um, I'm going to deal with you according to your own words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. There is he that speaks like the piercings of a sword. Cut you up, cut other people up, cut yourself up. But the tongue of the wise is health. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. What you say, what you believe and say is a life and death matter. Yeah, physical life, physical death, okay? But also, physical health, sickness and disease. Also, lack or financial blessing. Also, loneliness or fulfilling relationships. Also, light or darkness. Also, vision, no vision. Your words. In fact, what you are experiencing today and what I'm experiencing today in a large part is because of what we have believed and said and what we have allowed. And what we believe is what we're allowing. So if our gospel be hid, the gospel is about the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. That when he did it, he wasn't just overcoming, like Pastor Mark says, rigor mortis. When he rose from the dead, it wasn't just that he was a stiff and he was overcoming the natural effects of death. 
You understand, uh, when he was on the cross, you know, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And he was lifted up. I love that in Numbers chapter 13. I think I talked about it last week again. But anyhow, in Numbers chapter 13, you see that the, uh, <clears throat> the Lord told Moses, you know, make a pole out of brass, put a serpent on the pole, and have whoever looks, uh, I like uh, amplified, a steady, constant, absorbing gaze. In other words, whoever looks and takes it in, recognizes what this is, will live. Because they had whined and complained, we're not able to do it, we're not able to do it, and the snakes come up, and they bit them. So they sinned, the snakes bit them, but God made a remedy. He was not even mad with them for their sin and saying, like, you just sinned, so I just give up on you. That is not who he is. He is a God of great mercy. His mercies are new every morning. You know, the disciples said, Lord, uh, how many times we got to forgive? You know, and they're thinking, you know, I'm a pastor. Because they weren't a pastor. I'm a religious leader. So, Lord, uh, you know, probably most people forgive once or twice and they give up. And like, Lord, how about if I, how many times we got to forgive our brother? How about seven? He's like, 70 times seven. Like your mindset is completely wrong. Why are you thinking there comes an end to forgiveness? Haven't I done it enough? That is like a natural, flesh-ruled human. I think I've pretty much got my quota. (laughs) You think the Lord ever says, I've had it up to here with you. (laughs) I've had about all I can take. No, God's a, God is full of mercy. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. And so Jesus is the mercy of God to the human. So he, he, you know, he dies on the cross, but while he was on the cross, the penalty for all of your sins and all of your sins and poverty itself And every sickness and every form and every manifestation actually came on Christ. Because when Moses lifted up the pole in the wilderness and said, whoever looks live, you know, remember, I was like puzzled by that. And I'm like, okay, wait a second, Lord. So I committed a sin. And you're saying, if I look at the sin that I did, it's going to help me. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of ashamed of that. So why do I want to look at it? Why do I want to like not just look, but steady, constant, absorbing gaze, like recognize what happened, take it in. Why do I want to do that? Like, I want to just pretend like that never happened. Like, can we just like wake up and have a new day and different birds sing and stuff like that? Like, why do I want to think about that? And then I I was singing the Lord about it. Like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. No, okay. Wayne's World, long time ago. So, had to be Generation X maybe to get that. Anyhow, so I'm like, wait a second. So you want me to see lifted up? Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And he actually quoted that. He said, like the serpent was lifted up on the pole, so must the son of man be lifted up. And I started, was reminded of the, wait a second, he was on a pole. While he was on that pole, He's saying, I got to look at all my sins on that pole. Oh, oh, I have to see all my sins on him on the pole. 
I have to see like everything I did on him. And if I look and to take that in, I would live. Well, why would that cause me life? Well, then I remember Matthew 8, 17. said, himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, and by whose stripes we're healed. And I love that because it's the Greek word NASA, which is like, I think, the space shuttle. You know, I watched the space shuttle when I was in elementary school. They'd bring in a big old tube monitor. They didn't know what a flat screen was. Anyhow, so you watch it go up. It said NASA right on the side, lifted off. So he lifted these things off. So he also lifted our sins off. Like totally removed them from us. So then I thought, oh, I like that picture of a serpent on a pole. So I actually see, you know, in the Genesis, what was the devil, what form did he take in Genesis? The serpent, right? The serpent. So I'm like, wait a second. You want me to see a serpent nailed to a pole, which the serpent's the one that bit me and poisoned me, trying to kill me because I legitimately messed up. I brought it on myself, but you actually want me to see that serpent, the devil or anything he has to, that has to do with him, poverty, any part of the curse, sickness, disease, mental illness, uh, lack of vision, lack of purpose, depression. You want me to see all that on that pole? You want me to take it in that it was on the pole, which is a place of shame and disgrace, that the devil and everything he did, his temptations, even your mistakes and failures, I am to see defeated, utterly displayed for everybody to see. It's nothing. Its power is removed on the pole. And if I take that in, I would live. We're not getting very far because I'm just on verse 3, but I'm trying to get down there. So this is the gospel. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Because Jesus went into hell itself, the Bible says, hey, to uh, uh, let uh, the captives free. Because in other words, those, that's a long thing. I don't have to get into that. How do I get it? Okay, so he went and preached in hell even. But he actually went to hell and he overcame the devil. Not only sin on the cross, but the penalty, eternal damnation in hell. Hell is real. And if you don't receive Jesus Christ while you live, you will go there. But God does not want you there. So badly that he sent his own son to give his own life and suffer himself so that you would never have to experience any suffering when you die or even on earth that you could overcome everything that you'll be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. So I'm starting a series the week after Easter, which I think is like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17th or something like that of April. And the title of the series is Encourage. Have you ever looked up the word encourage? It literally means to infuse courage in someone. So if we are more than conquerors, that means we must more than conquer stuff. So I'm not more than a conqueror sitting underneath my fruit tree, which is blossoming in just green beds of grass, and the deer come and feed me, and the bunnies hop in front of me, and, uh, you know, Brother Hagin would say, flowery beds of ease, you know. No, I'm more than a conqueror when there's things that are coming at me, 
and by the power of the word and the anointing of God's own spirit and the presence of God himself, I am like crazy faith man. I'm like, is that all you got, devil? Bring it on. Because I shall not have to fight in this battle. The battle is the Lord's. I am magnifying the Lord. I am more than an overcomer. I'm, the weapons of this warfare are not natural. They are supernatural. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I believe God. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It'll be just the way God said. God said it. I believe it. That's exactly what's happening. What God said. Let God be true and every man a liar. Sometimes you're a liar. I didn't think I was going to say that today, but it's true. Sometimes I'm a liar. You know when I lie? Well, sometimes you know when I lie. If I lie, hopefully I don't lie. How would I know? By the Spirit. But you also know if you know the Word. So sometimes you lie. Or you tell something that's not true is probably an easier way for you to receive it. The reason you tell it's not true is you don't know what the Word says. You only know experience. Maybe God doesn't care about my situation. That's a lie. That's not true. Sometimes you just get exhausted, literally, physically exhausted. And in that place, you know, the devil departed from tempting Jesus. Uh, it said, for a more opportune time. So the devil's looking for an opportune time to attack you. Well, it's not always the most opportune time when you're like, Jesus is Lord, hallelujah, give me this mountain. It's more opportune when you just had an argument with your husband, your wife, your friend, your children. You're exhausted. You haven't slept well. He didn't come. And try to what? Get a hold of your mouth. Because if he can get your mouth, he can whip you. But if he can't get a hold of your mouth, if you believe and speak the word, he has no power over the believer. You have power over him. You tell him what to do. He doesn't tell you what to do. You tell him what to do. I will not submit a child of God to come under the power of the devil. And you're a child of God. And I'm a child of God. Do you understand? Does that make sense? All right, death, burial, resurrection. I think we got that. Uh, but if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. For we preach not ourselves, this is so good, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. I am not the Lord, you are not the Lord, no minister is the Lord, Je your, your wife is not the Lord. Your mother is not the Lord. Your husband is not the Lord. Your father is not the Lord. Your children are not the Lord. Jesus is Lord. We, but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined, I'm in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, steady, constant, absorbing gaze. Realize I couldn't see Gary, so I had to come over here because I was being blocked. 
in the face of Jesus Christ. What do you see in the face of Jesus Christ? What do you see in the face of Jesus Christ? How do you think he looks at you? You know, you could tell by the look on someone's face. Many times you can tell exactly what they're thinking. Communication is like what, naturally speaking, is 80% nonverbal. You know, I could give a look of displeasure and unapproval to my children, and if they saw my glance, it would actually stop them. Do you know I could actually say... I'm trying to give you a look of disapproval. That's very hard because you make me laugh. But I could actually say, you know, I love you so much, you're doing a great job, but I'm looking at you like, you dog. Yeah, kind of conflicting messages there. Notify your face. Uh, For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined this light in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Right? In other words, you've got weak flesh. Your flesh is going to mess up. You're going to mess up by yielding to the flesh. Flesh is going to try to do a lot of things that you shouldn't let it do, and sometimes you'll let it do it, and you'll be like, why did I let it do it? Well, one of the reasons is because you, you realize, hey, I'm not God, and I need him. That the excellency of the power may be of God. In other words, you know like, oh, this power that's emanating from my body. It's not from me. It's from the Lord. I'm not saying that just as pastor. I'm saying you as a believer. Because these signs will follow those who believe. There's plenty of uh, full-time ministers who don't believe and have no signs. Follows believers. But if a minister would believe, they'd follow the, you know, follow as well. But you don't need to be a minister. In fact, the the Bible doesn't emphasize that. Actually, it, it, it emphasizes the power of believers to believe. And these signs will follow anyone, anywhere, anytime you believe. These signs will follow. For, uh, so we don't preach ourselves, we preach Jesus Christ. Uh, treasure and earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power is of God and not of us. Now listen to this. Oh, praise the Lord. You must go very fast. All right. <clears throat> Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. I didn't say it right. We are troubled on every side, yet we are not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. In other words, you know, you're going to go through some stuff in life that you won't always understand. You'd be perplexed, but never in despair. So, huh, that sure don't make sense to me, but I'm not despairing. Why? Because I have such willpower because I'm so strong, I work out all the time? No, because God is my God. Because what we're going to get to in verse 13, I have the same spirit of faith. I have a crazy faith. God gave it to me. I have a faith that goes beyond all natural reasoning. You know, it takes crazy faith to forgive like God forgives. You ever think about that? You thought I was going to say crazy faith to see someone's arm grow out. Well, that's true too. But I'm saying, Jesus is talking about faith in Mark eleven twenty two. 22, have faith in God, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Whoever will say to this mountain, mountain, move, 
be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but will believe the things that he says will come to pass. How do you believe what you say? You say what God's word said. God backs it up, not you. He's the, he's the performer. You're the believer. I'm the believer. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you desire, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He is not a liar. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have the slightest little thing against anyone, unforgiveness is not walking in love, and this will hinder you from receiving the blessing of the Lord in any manifestation, any part of your life. Unforgiveness. So, people of crazy faith, which I know you are, forgive. When it's crazy to forgive. You'd be crazy to forgive them. You know what they did to you? You know what I heard they said about you? That is, that is the deception of the devil to try and keep you bound, get you sick, steal, kill, and destroy you and those around you because you're walking in unforgiveness. And it will hinder your faith. Jesus puts it right there in Mark 11 when he's talking about faith. And when you stand praying, praying what? What things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you stand praying, forgive. Well, you, you just go after it. With a crazy faith, I forgive. Uh, I, I got a crazy faith to forgive. Crazy faith stays full of the word. Crazy faith stays full of the spirit. Well, you stay full of the word, full of the spirit. Forgive, you're walking in love. Faith works by love. Well, you'll find it's a lot easier to believe. It's a lot easier to have confidence towards the Lord, especially when you mess up and you need forgiveness. I think Jesus went on to say, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. I mean, I know he said that. I'm just saying, like, it's there. So we are troubled on every side, but we have crazy faith. We have a spirit of faith. We are troubled on every side. I have to, I have to fast forward. Okay. Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith believes and speaks. And Paul said, under the anointing and direction and unction of the spirit of God himself, Paul said, we having. He's talking to who? The Corinthian church. Who is we? The church and who? The, the, the writer. Who's the writer? Paul. So Paul is telling the church, Paul's not saying, I have the same spirit of faith. I believe and I speak, so just watch me believe and speak. Watch the show. Come and sit and watch the show. No, he's saying we believers have the same spirit of faith that David had when he saw that giant and heard that giant speaking. Don't think the devil won't speak to you. Don't think the devil won't try to get an advantage over you through words. He wants you to believe the words. He wants to get his words out there to dominate you. But what did David do? Well, the devil spoke through the giant. Who are you? Come and be with sticks and stones. Am I in some kind of animal? Actually, you are. 
And it said, actually, he called on his gods. Goliath called on his gods. But David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And the whole, your whole army is going to be decimated. Right? Uh, he ran at his giant speaking. Right? Actually, he spoke and then ran. Why? Why would he speak and then run? Because you've got to get your words out in front of you. The only way he's going to kill that giant is if the words kill him first. So we have that same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. Say, I have the same spirit of faith. Say, I have that same spirit of faith. Say, I have that same spirit of faith. Say, I have the same spirit of faith. You have that same spirit of faith. I have that same spirit of faith. We have that same spirit of faith. And this is what Paul, under the direction of God's own spirit, is trying to implant and, and get them to open their hearts to that you have the same spirit of faith. Every child of God has the same spirit of faith. If you will believe it and do it, you get the same results. I don't care what the attack is. I don't care what the angle is. I don't care what the new chat GPT version is. You have the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. Second Corinthians, I'm second Corinthians. Romans chapter 9. If you confess with your heart, Jesus is Lord, and believe, excuse me. I say confess with your heart. Thank you, for the, thank you for that look. So you communicate with the, no words. If you confess with your mouth, thank you, mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe where? In your heart. You can believe in your head. There's no power there. You can believe in your head. Many people first believe in their head. Confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart, man does what? Believes. Verse 10. For with the heart, man believes. And with the mouth, confession is made unto. Salvation, yes. The mouth, confession is made unto, in this case, salvation. But salvation actually could affect any arena of your life. So we, we use this a lot of time for initially coming to the Lord, which we will again in a second. But with the heart man believes, with the mouth, confession is made unto. It's just saying the same thing. Same thing as what? Same thing as the word. Who, who is the word? The word of God. Same thing as God. So uh, confession is made unto salvation. The heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto. 
In other words, you must believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And you must, with your mouth, confess Jesus as Lord. Or you say, I receive you, Lord, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior, right? With my mouth. Before anything happens. Before there's any change, I have, we have the same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. What things soever you desire, Mark eleven twenty four. when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When will you have them? Before or after you believe you receive them? After you believe you receive. In other words... This is the word of faith, verse 8 of uh, Romans chapter 9. This is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto. So when you receive Jesus as Lord, you believe and you speak before you experience anything. So if you want to receive healing in your body, the same faith works in the same way. 1 Peter 2.24 says, By whose stripes you were healed. I must first believe that I was healed by the stripes of Jesus, and then I must say I am healed because he said I was, and I believe it. Now, if I say that, and I don't believe it, I could confess it and not believe it, and nothing will happen. I could believe it and not confess it, and nothing will happen. We have the same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. Give me this mountain. There's a great mountain in front of me. It seems very difficult. I don't know how we're going to get around it. We're going to need lots of rope, lots of equipment. We're going to need some picks. I don't know everything because I don't claim my mountain. We're going to need some dynamite. How are we going to get rid of this mountain? I don't know. I asked my uncle. I asked my dad. I asked my mom. I asked my grandma. I asked my friend. Have you prayed yet? What did the Lord say? Whoever will say to this mountain... Get out of here. Be removed. In fact, be thrown into a place that can swallow anything up. The sea. Right? Be cast into the sea. And does not what? Doubt in his what? Heart. Not his head. I've acted in faith many times and my head was like, what are you doing? And I said, shut up. I'm listening to my heart. I'm following the Lord. I'm not relying on my head. I'm relying on my heart. You've led me wrong many times. You're very limited. He's never led me wrong. He's unlimited. I choose him. Shall not doubt in his heart, but will what? Believe the things which he declares or says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. We have the same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Let's finish with this. 
We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We got the same spirit of faith. We got crazy faith. We're acting in crazy faith. We believe God. In fact, we actually kind of enjoy when there is no possible way for this to work. Every expert, every, every you know, person who has a bunch of things after their name says, we have studied for 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, and we know this is what's going to happen. And we know that's not possible. And you're kind of like, well, I actually, I found it in the Word. So I have secret inside information. So I'm going to kind of enjoy. I'm not going to put anybody's face because I'm going to walk in love. I'm just going to smile real big when it comes to past because my God is a good God. Because my God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is wiser. My God has more mercy. My God is full of patience. My God is an all-consuming fire. I like how it sounds while I'm doing this. <laughs> we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I am not forsaken. I may be cast down. Oh, somebody threw me down. I'm not destroyed. Look, I got right back up. I can get right back up. You throw me down, I can get right back up. Always bearing about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, I don't just let my flesh do whatever it wants to do. Jesus is my Lord. I offer my body a living sacrifice, separated unto God, holy, acceptable unto God. That's my spiritual act of worship. That the life also of Jesus might be manifested in my body. Praise the Lord. For we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, uh, according as it's written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up Jesus our Lord will raise us up also uh, by Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace through the thanksgiving of many may redound to the glory of God, for which cause, <laughs> for this cause, we faint not. For though our outward man perish or getting, is getting older, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, he calls, study Paul sometime, figure out how he said that's light affliction. That's by faith. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding weight, an eternal weight of glory. While we look, listen to this, this is a real key for your faith. Crazy faith. While we look not at the things which are seen, I was looking at the snake and thinking, what are you doing putting a snake? But then I looked to the Lord and I saw some things not seen. But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal or temporary or subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. Stand up, please. The thing, we, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
Because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen, these are eternal. These you will take with you when you die and leave this earth. You'll enter into uh, an abundance of eternal things, but you can actually see those things and receive of those things here and now today while you live in the land of the living. You have the same spirit of faith. Don't put up with, don't give the devil an inch. Don't give your flesh an inch. Some people say, well, I'm just fighting the devil all the time. And mostly they're fighting their flesh. So Paul said, I keep my body under, I bring it into subjection so that when I preach to others, I myself won't be cast away. Right? And sometimes you give your flesh so much rope that the devil comes in and gets access to you because you have given into your flesh. So we have authority over him in Christ. So if I'm like acting outside of who I am in Christ, he can get an advantage over me. But the second I turn back, he'll make it seem like you can't turn back like you've gone so far. Oh, what you've done is so nasty and, and horrible that, you know, You're so far from the Lord. Well, that's a deception from the enemy. The truth is, the second you you make any movement, or you could say confession, not just with your mouth, but you also confess with your actions, the second you turn back to the Lord, um, he gave us, Jesus talked about the prodigal, story of the prodigal. He is like seeing you afar off, afar off. And he looks, and the second he sees you coming, he knows when you're coming. He is like, party time. And not only party time, restoration time. Because he put a ring of authority on his finger that you are part of the family. He put a robe of royalty over him. And he said, him which was dead is alive again. He that was lost has been found. Get a feast. We're going to celebrate. Well, that, that man's idea and plan was... Maybe he'll let me just be one of the workers. You know, he's probably mad at me. He's probably upset at me. Do you know how that's how the Lord thinks about you? When he sees you, he's not immature. He's not caught off guard. He's not overwhelmed by your mistakes that you did by accident. He's not overwhelmed with your sins that you did by accident. He's not overwhelmed with your mistakes or your sins that you did on purpose. He is, he is constantly trying to make a way of escape for you. And he has already made a way through Jesus Christ. And he will even come by his spirit to you. You can't, you can't the Bible says, if and if I make my bed in hell, even there, you, you'll lead me and guide me. So I don't care how horrible a place you think you're in, don't believe the lie of the devil that, he, that you messed up so bad that God's not going to forgive you. That's not possible. God is a forgiving God. That <laughs> You think, God's not going to have mercy on me. Why would he want? God, God doesn't want to look at me. I'm, I'm just so nasty. Well, that's a lie. That's the devil telling you that. Your flesh telling you that. That's, you, you condemn yourself, the Bible says. God will never condemn you. He always makes a way of escape. He always believes in his power to make you whole, to make you clean, to, for you to come back. God loves you. 
and all your junk. I mean, he doesn't like the junk, but he loves you. It doesn't matter you have the junk is what I'm trying to say. God loves you. you, you got, there's a lot of voices in the world, a lot of uh, motives in the world. God's motives are pure, and God loves you. All right, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to uh, turn your life over to this God who loves you, if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Lord and as your Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And you don't come to God by doing all of what people think or you think or even what the Bible says or the right things. Jesus lived and did all of the right things so that you and I could come to him. He could give us his life and then we actually have the ability from our hearts to live out his life. So you, you really, it's a, it's a wrong thinking to think, I gotta clean myself up before I come to God. No, you come to God so you can be cleaned up. He'll clean you up. He'll take care of that. Don't worry about that. Just come just the way you are. He loves you. He's not overcome or overwhelmed by all the things. He loves you. He cares for you. Jesus died for you because God loves you and he loves you. And right now, uh, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to, if you'd like to receive Jesus, I'm not going to embarrass you. We're actually just going to pray right where you're at. Um, just slip up your hand if you'd like to receive Jesus. If you're online, slip up your hand. You can, there's a raise your hand button on there, I think. And uh, you can just slip up your hand. And we're going to pray a prayer together. Every believer is going to pray this. And then those who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord, we're going to pray a prayer. And what we're saying when we pray this prayer, what you're saying when you pray this prayer with us, is I believe that Jesus Christ, you can put your hands down if you want to. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead, and I receive him as my Lord. When you say that from your heart, say it with your mouth, you don't have to understand all the particulars in your mind, you will be saved. God himself will hear and answer your prayer because he loves you. He has a plan for your life. And I guarantee it's the best plan that could ever be made for any life. So I'm going to pray this prayer with other believers and those who would like to receive Jesus. And we're going to pray this prayer together. Just agree in your heart with what we say with our mouth. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sin. And to make me right with you. Jesus, I take you as my Lord. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I am all yours. I have decided to follow you. Father God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.